time, Merry Christmas. With a little more fervor to one another, can you say to each other, Merry Christmas. It does come once a year, and this is our second Super Bowl. The first Super Bowl is Easter. And if you're a CEO, Christian Easter only Christian, we're glad to see you. But if you're, even if it, you're not, you know, this is a time that we gather to worship God because it is such an incredible time. And in 2022, it's been a rough year for many. Can you raise your hand if 2022 was a rough year for you and your family? And so coming together like this to be reminded that God has given us peace through Jesus Christ. God has given us a sure and certain hope. It's not a, I hope this will happen, but the hope is going to happen. Jesus is our hope, so we cling to that. And so tonight, I actually want to talk about the third and the greatest of these, which is love. Amor. Sarang. Any other words, different language for love? How do you say love in German? Okay, I'm not going to repeat that. So love. And so we gather in love. We gather for the purpose to receive God's love. Let me start by saying last week I went to Biola University for their graduation ceremony. Uh, one of our young adults, his name is Sammy Newcomer, graduated from Biola a semester early, so we went. And they had a commencement speaker, and her, I forget her name, but she's a Hollywood producer who happens to be a Christian. And she was a phenomenal speaker. And she was sharing a story that just captured and captivated everybody in this room. And it was actually about Hugh Hefner, uh, the one who started the mogul that started the Playboy Enterprise. And so as a producer, she was given the task by her job, I wanted you, you to do a documentary. She said, I'll do it. What's the documentary on? I want you to go to the Playboy Mansion and do a biography of Hugh Hefner. And she said, no. <laughs> I'm a Christian, I'm a woman, I can't stand anything about this man. And she prayed about it. And the other person she happened to be matched up with was a man. And she said to him, I have to be honest with you, I don't want to do this. And the man said, me too, because I'm a Christian and I'm not sure I, if this is something comfortable for me. And so she said, what's the chance that of all the staff of this media company, you and I get assigned? So they prayed together on the spot and said, God, how do you want us to proceed? And they sensed God was saying, go and do something that's different from what you typically know. So they went and their assignment was, their angle was, let's just listen to his story. And so they met with him. He does 365 interviews a year on average, one a day. And she was sharing about this. And she said that when they went into the room, library was impressive. And she found out from childhood, she said, let's start from the childhood. What was it like? And what his statement was, I was never loved. My father always ignored me. My father didn't care about me. My mother, she had what's called mysophobia, which is the fear of germs. And so she, everything was dirty and she kept all of his things aside. And so... The only comfort as a child that he got was a blanket that somebody gave him. And he loved this blanket, so he treasured it, he wrapped it, he loved everywhere he went. He felt loved by this blanket. And on this blanket, there were patterns of, of an animal. Guess what animal? A bunny. And so a few weeks later, pass on, 
the household gets sick. He gets sick. Everyone gets sick. And they recover. So the mother starts burning every piece of item that was touched by everyone sick. And she grabs the beloved blanket in front of his face and burns it in a pile of fire. His only security, only sense of love was taken away from him. And so this, this, this speaker was sharing was the power and the reality that each of us need to be loved. And when we're not loved, it affects us. It harms us. And so you could kind of put two and two together. What drove Hugh Hefner in this way was he found love artificially. He found love in the ways that the world he could just grab at. And so I want to say something that's not profound, but the simple truth. Every human that walks on this earth, what we truly crave on the inside is the need to be loved. And so, why do I share this? Christmas is explicitly the one day, if you are not sure that God loves you, that this is the day that God has communicated to say, I love you, and I will come out of my way for you. I recently read a very good article and, and just an outline from a guy named, pastor named Craig Rochelle. He's a, a lot of young pastors like him. He's the one that wrote that started the version Bible app. And he says there are two general ways that we love something. And the first way is this. We love something because it has intrinsic value or worth. It's valuable. So, for example, some of you maybe saved up to buy a Jordan sneaker. Remember back in the 80s when it first came out? It was $100 in 1986. It's like $300 now. And so when you buy that, it's so valuable. You love this sneaker. Some of you saved up for a car. Some of you bought a house. You love your house because it has value. So a lot of us, we, we love things because it's valuable. It has worth. And so the problem with that, if you love things based on its value, uh, Craig Rochelle was sharing, was that what if the way you view yourself is that you're not valuable, that you're not worthy of love, then we feel this fear that, does anyone love me? Am I worthy of love? And so that's not a good way to love, only if something has value. But there's a second way we can love, and this love is not based on the value or the worth of the object, but it's because value and worth is given to it by someone. So for example, do you, does anyone know somebody who has like a dirty old smelly couch? Or somebody that has this like shirt that they won't throw away. My, my wife and I, we usually get along. But I collect t-shirts. I have t-shirts from like 1992. I have shirts that I, I love because I remember I went to a retreat in 1992, 93, and it's got holes everywhere. You know what I'm talking about? And so I'm like, I love that shirt. And my wife is like, no, it's time to let go of this shirt. It's time to throw this shirt away. And my mom, by the way, uh, I, I found out, I go back to visit her in New Jersey. I, you know, she makes, she makes like wipes and she makes rags. And they're, they're all of my old shirts that I love. She's like, oh, well, no one's wearing this. So these shirts that have holes in it, you know, my wife wants to just discard it. For me, I'm like, no, th that has value. 
And if I sold it on eBay, how much money would I get for an old 30-year-old T-shirt? People will pay me to keep it away off of eBay or something. They, will, they won't buy a shirt. So why is this shirt valuable? It doesn't have worth or value in and of itself. It's only valuable because, to me, I have given it value and worth. I don't want to throw it out. It is precious to me. Now, that's important because the way that God loves you and me is not because you are valuable or you have worth. It's because his love for you is poured on you, and therefore, you have worth. He gives that value to you by loving you when we were unlovable. And so this is the crazy message of Christmas. God didn't come to us because we were valuable and we needed help. It was the opposite. We were unlovable. We were not valuable, yet God does this. So I want to share three verses. And so here's the first one, John 3, 16. Can we read it together? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. You know, we, the way we read this is God loved the world so much. How much? He loved it so much that he gave his son. And that's the way I grew up understanding it, but it's a little different. The original Greek actually has the beginning saying this. For this is how God loved the world. How did God love the world? By giving his only son. Was the world lovable? Let's be honest. We know our sinfulness. We know our selfishness. Are we truly just likable people? Are we genuine, just naturally holy and righteous and sinless? No. <laughs> but God, despite our condition, this is how he shows his love, by giving his only son. And so John 3, 16 reminds us, God didn't love us. He demonstrated his love for us, not because we deserved it, but because he chose to give it to you and me. That's encouraging to me because, my goodness, if God didn't do that, what would I have? Or check out this next verse, Romans 5, 8. These three verses all have a pattern. This is how God showed. Let's read it together. But God shows his love, how? For us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us again. Do you see the pattern? <laughs> God is constantly showing and displaying and giving his love. You know, religion, a lot of us, we think, I need to live a better life. I need to start getting good. You know, let, let's, let's bring back morality. Maybe we should start going to church and I'll stop cussing. These are all good. But our biggest problem is we don't have a relationship with God. We are sinful. We are separated. And so how can you earn your way back to God's heart? You can't. There's nothing you can do to wipe away your sin. But thanks be to God, he shows his love for us. That while we were sinners, he shows his love. Uh, the scripture that we heard today in Matthew 1, this is what the angel says to Joseph. Joseph was a just man. He was a good man. You know, he found out his bride-to-be was pregnant. 
and he wanted to divorce her quietly. So the angel comes to him. And listen to the message of the angel. Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Why did Jesus come? Not to make us happy, not to give us a purpose, but to save us, to give us worth, because we had no worth. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken of the prophet. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Everything God did, everything God executed was because he wanted to deliver us and save us. It is God's love and God's work that saves us. It is his doing. So every religion in the world, I say this almost at every Easter and Christmas, says this. In order for you to get right with God, you need to do this and this and this and this. Christianity tells us God came, God did, God accomplished Jesus Christ finished it. I receive this grace. It is not about our performance, but it's about God's. Lastly, this is the other famous John 3.16. It's the first John 3.16. It's an easy way to remember, isn't it? John 3.16 and first John. Let's read this together. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. You know who wrote this? John. John wrote it. Uh, John had a brother, and you know what their nicknames were? The Sons of Thunder. <laughs> because they were so brash. They were, they were very uh, hostile and very violent. <laughs> and something transformed. By the end of his life, he was known as Jesus, the one, John, the one Jesus loved. What changed? John saw something. John witnessed something in Jesus. John witnessed Jesus dying for him laying his life down for the disciples and the world. And John saw Jesus rise again. This love changes people. Friends, I don't know. These days, I think I became a lot more gracious on the road because I realized the, the idea, I think there are a lot of stressed people who are worried about their love. So it does help when someone cuts you off or someone gets you angry. And I've been praying about this. And the best way to do is, i got to love these people. Maybe there's something they're going through. And it changes you, the way you respond to them. It gives you a lot more patience. You know that saying, don't react? You should instead respond. Did you ever hear that? And so the way that God loves us changes the way you and I love one another. That it gives us a change, chance to show this grace. So all three verses, John 3.16, Romans 5.8, 1 John 3.16, covers Good Friday, Christmas, and Easter, and it's the simple message. God's love came down to you and me. Not because we're worthy of it, but because God said we are precious. God said, I want to give you this love. So Christ made a way for us, and God blessed us with this incredible good news. This week, um, one of our church members, Alma, uh, was able to get some donations from Goya. Uh, and so we got these fruitcakes, crates of them. So like, we got about 27 boxes of these fruitcakes. And if you go to Amazon, they're like $30 each. They're 
Peruvian fruitcakes. And uh, I said, after he came, I said, what are we going to do with all these cup fruitcakes? And just kind of thinking, mulling over, I said, oh, you know, let's just give it out and just, just bless the neighbors. So we went around the neighborhood and we gave out about over 60 fruitcakes. During that time, it's, it's amazing. Do you know how much people like to receive gifts? As long as it's not weird. So in the first, like, 10 minutes, we were passing out the fruitcakes. There was one lady who was ready to drive off, and I said, excuse me, Merry Christmas. You know, we're from the church. God bless you. She turned the car off. She said, oh. And then I kept on going, and I saw her driving away, and then she made a U-turn and came back. She parked the car, ran inside the house, and I'm going, what is she doing? And she chases me down, and she gives me a box of cookies. <laughs> she was so touched that what is she, how does she respond? It was just that. There was another lady that we met, I met, and she was, she was just unloading groceries, and she saw me giving a fruitcake to a Harley Davidson Roadster. He, he lives right behind our parking lot. I said, nice bike. His name is John. And so gave him the fruitcake, and then she, she was looking over at me. She was like, do, do I get one too? <laughs> and it's amazing how people just want to be recognized. And I said, you certainly do. Merry Christmas. And a couple of things that, that kind of came out. It's just a fruitcake. It's a classic it's fruitcake. It's delicious fruitcake. But when you surprise someone and give them a gift, undeservedly, and I didn't put, you know, come to our worship, uh, come to our church. We just wrote to our neighbors, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, your friends at CPCLF. That's all it was. It wasn't don't give us money. It wasn't anything. It was just we want to bless you. And one lady said, well, I go to a church down the street in Whittier. And I was like, great church. Stay there. God bless you. <laughs> I'm not trying to get you to come. Just want to say we're neighbors. It changes people. God's love for us changes us. God's gift of his son, Jesus Christ, when we receive him, this precious gift we did not deserve, changes us. And the way we live is the way Titus writes it, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions, to live self-controlled, upright, godly lives in the present age. This is how we could respond when we receive God's love. He goes on, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession, who are zealous for good works. How did they become zealous for good works? They received the love of God through Jesus Christ, who is the blessed hope who came. The way you will have peace and be loved is not going to be based on how people treat you because this world is going to be messy and sometimes you deserve to be treated with love, but you don't. So there is one way that we do have a certain hope that we are loved, that Jesus Christ was born for you and for me. That our security and our identity and worth is secured in God's death and resurrection in Jesus Christ. And that frees us to live with grace and joy and love forever. By the way, we have about 30 fruitcakes left. 
It's out there. I'm not kidding. And it's not for you, but it's delicious. It is for you. Take it. But it's kind of like a symbol of we get this gift. But here's one good way. Go and enjoy it together this Christmas. Here's a better way. Go to someone, your neighbor, someone that you don't even like too much even maybe, and see what love does to them. Say, hey, just thought of you. Here's a gift. Merry Christmas. God bless you. Watch what happens. Because can I tell you, when I gave out all those like almost 60 fruitcakes this past week, who do you think was most blessed? There is something about giving love and doing it and just saying it's just to bless you. And I think that's God's point. He gives us Jesus. It glorifies him. And when we take Jesus, receive Jesus, believe in Jesus, and respond out of that, it changes the world. Amen? This is the power of the love that we have in Christ in Christmas time. Let's pray together. God, in this room, there are many, there could be some, or could be just one person who are wrestling with that question, does God love me? God, may it be so loud and clear this Christmas season that you tell them to their hearts and to their soul, you are love. And so when we see the images of Jesus Christ born to Mary and Joseph, May we hold to that and believe in that. That is not just a nice story, but it is you invading the world, coming down as a humble baby, as a child, to redeem us, to only die on the cross for us. God, we are loved. We are amazed. We are given a gift we do not deserve and we did not even expect. And so, God, in that love, we thank you. In that love, we receive it and say, God, I know who we are in you. And Lord, I pray for everyone in this room and everyone watching and everyone worshiping around the world that they recognize you're not a God who demands of us good works or projects in order to be saved, but you're a God who has given freely all of himself at the cost of his own life so that we can be with you again. So this Christmas, we thank you for Jesus. We want to live for Jesus. We want to receive his love and share his love wherever we go. May we be that kind of people wherever we go. May your grace invade, may cover, and may you shine. This we pray in the most holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen. So let's stand together with response.